There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 57 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for what was supposed to be the week of the 21st and is really turned into the week of uh, May 28th, 2007. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on our continuing adventure through the worlds of short Masonic educational papers. Some of these papers have been presented in my lodge, King George Lodge, number 59, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's episode is the third installment of the docudrama of Jazz and Freemasonry. This nail-biting episode deals with uh, the roots of jazz, as I talked about in the sort of alluded to in the previous episode, and also how jazz and Freemasonry both use improvisation and all that's required to support support your uh, your fellows while they're uh, doing that thing that they do, whether it's uh, up on the stage doing jazz or whether it's on the floor doing ritual work. Everyone's there supporting and just making sure that uh, everything's getting done as that needs to get done. So enjoy. But why is New Orleans the birthplace of jazz? New Orleans, in those days, was a city of immigrants from France. On the other hand, slaves from West Africa were also part of the city's inhabitants, besides the Creoles. These Creoles were of black origin, and they were usually economically better. They also had ties to Europe. And many of their children were educated in the schools and music conservatories of Europe. Further, these people had some freedoms to intermingle with white society, something that the black society never had. On the other hand, slaves had also imported their polyrhythmic and pentatonic interval music from Africa to New Orleans. In those days, there were other slaves in other cities of America, but at no other city than New Orleans, where French-origin immigrants had lived where they treated the same tolerance to their culture. Slaves were allowed to sing their original music, while they were working, and this has helped them preserve their musical culture. This meeting of cultures in New Orleans has a complex and interesting history of its own and is worthy of its own investigation. In any case, at a certain point after the American Civil War, in a racist racist backlash against the Reconstruction, the Creole gradually lost their quasi-white status and began to meld economically and socially into the black society, this was often said to be when and where the European musical forms of the day, like Gauvette, Polka, March, and others, began to mix with the African-descended rhythms and harmonies. Time passed, and the Americans had lived through the Civil War that had ended the institution of slavery. Armies were dissolved, and soldiers were released of military duty. Army bands were also liquidated. The end of the Spanish-American War of the 1890s brought a cheaply available flood of brass band instruments to the streets of New Orleans. The Negroes had brought their music to America, but they had also met a new musical style in what they would become their new homeland. This new music was traditionally European music. They were especially fascinated by the 2-4 and 3-8 marching rhythms of military bands. The other influences came from the new religion that they had encountered in the new continent. They became Christians. Their pain of agony during the days of slavery was soothed in the churches, and the music that they had heard comforted their souls. These were largely religious hymns. They had simple yet strong and colorful melodies and structure. 
Their French masters had taught the black people the dance and melodic forms of their traditional European music. As time went by, a new music emerged out of this blend of cultural heritage. The rhythms of West Africa merged with the musical forms and melodies of the old continent. The immigrants of the new continent had created a new music there. This new music was rooted in the old African and European styles, yet it offered a new joy and liveliness that no music had offered before. This new music was called jazz. Today there are different speculations about the origin of this name jazz and is accepted to define the new music. The immigrants from Europe and Africa had created a new nation that was rooted in their old continents, yet was distinctly different. The same was true of the, for their music. Jazz was new and distinctly different. The Freemasons had founded the United States as the embodiment of the Masonic Republic, and the new state had founded her own music, jazz. Then, do you think that we assume the similarity of the new land is only a coincidence? In reality, the American Masons have created a new approach to the concept of the state and religion. Until that day, the religions had promised its followers a heaven that existed in another world after death. The founders of America searched for the heaven on this life and the world that they lived in. They have started to make their homelands, their countries, and their states as a heaven itself. In a short while, the United States had become a number one prosperous and developing republic, republic in the world. The concept of equality, fraternity, and liberty became the founding stones of the new country and materialized into reality out of a conceptuality. They became the realities of everyday life for ordinary citizens of the new world long before they were adopted in the old continent after the French Revolution. As for jazz and music, we have more to say. Jazz also developed tremendously after coming into the world of music. The different cultures which had fed the roots of jazz have increased every day. Different stylistic eras of jazz music have emerged. Ragtime, boogie, New Orleans, Dixieland eras have all come and gone. This is the same for swing, classical, and bebop. Today we are witnessing the emergence of new influences and new styles in jazz music. It seems that there will always be new searches and approaches in jazz for it's a continuously evolving art form. My point is not conveying you the history of jazz. Yet there is something that I would like to underline strongly. Jazz has never stopped in continuing its development and being open to different roots. It has been nurtured by many different cultures by being open to them as well as nurturing back to those cultures. Thus jazz became a truly universal music for mankind. Today we have reached a point where it is virtually impossible to define the concept of jazz music. There is no common denominator left to define what jazz is, technically, including the concept of improvisation. There is one definition which may be considered as unanimously accepted, that jazz is an expression of what we live through a sound. The great jazz master, Brother Duke Ellington, had expressed this phenomena as a following. In future, there will, be no, there will not be jazz. There will only be good music and bad music. End quote. This original music of America is turning out to be a universal sound and language of humanity as it grows and in the meantime spawns back to the very roots that it originated from. In short, we may conclude that the music of African immigrants 
of the new, to the new continent have become the most interesting music of the 20th century. Jazz, in its hundred years, has developed, has developed much more than the classical European music could have achieved in 700 years. In my humble opinion, this phenomena resembles the spread out of brotherly love of Freemasonry to all directions without boundaries. Jazz and Improvisation hmm. Although it's not considered as a common denominator for all varieties of this music, improvisation still occupies a very important place for the jazz musicians and their audience. Improvisation, as a word, may assume many different meanings, but for our purposes, we will define it as plying music the way you wish and feel. Yet this freedom and feeling also has certain limitations, although there is no strict rules about it. When we say that a jazz musician is plying a solo, what we really mean is that he or she is plying a predetermined measure of music the way that she feels. This may also mean composing as well. Usually a musician will be plying certain notes, melodies, and chords, but she will be quite liberal in choosing the length and pitch of these notes that she is plying. In that sense, the musician recomposes the preconceived music and creates a different interpretation according to her feelings. This is also one of the basic differences between classical and jazz music. In order to improvise, a musician has to have a great musical knowledge and master skill to handle the musical instrument being played. The concept of improvisation is not totally new to European music. Variations over a certain melody have been a widely explored musical expression in the old continent. This tradition has also found its way into the New World, along with the immigrants from Europe. However, it has reached a totally new dimension there. We may elaborate a little how it has developed in the world of jazz music. In this music, the main melody is called the phrase. All the phrases related to the main melody are called thematic phrases. When a jazz musician adopts this melody to his own personality, it is also called paraphrasing. Plying style, where melody is barely recognizable, is called the chorus, chorus phase. And over the years, the concept of phrasing has been developed. There are phrases written over the harmonic base of a melody, and the total new melodic line comes into focus in this kind of music. Here, it has taken a real golden ear to recognize the basic melody. In my opinion, this concept of phrasing resembles the allegoric expression practiced in Freemasonry. Over the years, the jazz music, just like Freemasonry, has started conveying her own messages in symbolic ways. Before stating starting to plying of a jazz group, first determine the tonality, harmonic structure, and rhythm of the music that is going to be performed. Then, they decide on the sequence and the playing measures for each performer. Detailed arrangements are made for each player and their individual instruments. Each individual tries to do their best during the performance and bring out his best on the table. Each performer has to apply multiple roles. Sometimes he or she becomes a leader. There are also times when each participant has to be a follower. Being both leader and follower is one of the typical features in jazz music's nature. At this moment, we may once again ask what jazz is and elaborate on the features from a Masonic point of view. Let's go back to what the past master said about Freemasonry. Freemasonry is a Western culture promoting a progressive institution. 
creating love and cooperative links between decent people of higher moral values. Freemasonry helps the social and cultural maturity of humanity. According to this institution, work and labor are the principal duties of a human race. Respect and tolerance to the individual and the personal opinions are two cornerstones of this school of thought. The members, members target developing themselves first and then the whole society that they live in by being developed themselves. Brother Sanvier points to a different aspect of this concept. Freemasonry helps the human the way to answer the best basic questions of life, yet it never claims that the only way to truth is Freemasonry. No dogmas are accepted and no doctrines are prescribed in this search. Symbolism is utilized in conveying the basic messages and every individual seeks the truth personally and finds the answers personally. In Freemasonry, the truth is an ideal point of reference that every individual creates on his way to being mature and developed, rather than being an absolute dogma which dictates our behavior on the world that we live in. For Masons, truth is a target that we keep approaching gradually but never attain fully. Therefore, no Mason may claim that he has ever reached the truth or possesses it." Unquote. All the concepts mentioned above are equally valid for jazz. Respect to the individuality, progress through labor, and tolerance are the, also the hallmarks for jazz music. Let us go revert to the above definition once again. There is no racial or linguistic differentiation between the brothers in Freemasonry. Work and labor are as important as thoughts in Freemasonry. Action is a complementary arm of creating thoughts." Unquote. Now the same is true for jazz. It expresses a basic feeling about living and sheds some light on the questions of living and existence. The messages are conveyed through the notes, which are open to interpretation. You may also consider these notes as symbols that are not absolute, but reference points which may take different meanings according to the individual's life. Remember that in Freemasonry there is no discrimination regarding race, religion, or language. Work as an important, is as important as thought, and actions complement those thoughts. The same concepts are equally valid for jazz music. Those musicians who ply jazz do it together while hearing, supporting, and completing each other. The real goal is always exceeding yourself and becoming better while being in harmony with those other fellow musicians, preserving your individuality while being part of the whole. Allegoric expression of thoughts is also valid for jazz. Instead of strictly plying according to the musical notes, the music is performed according to the specific time and condition at the time of playing. Plying. It is never played the same way twice. It is reshaped continuously according to what each individual's performer lives through at the moment of the actual performance. So that la wraps up uh, the roots of jazz and uh, the similarities in improvisation, improvisation between jazz and Freemasonry. Next week uh, is the last installment of this, and we'll be taking a look more at uh, some of the similarities of the the rituals of jazz and the rituals of Freemasonry. It's also, we'll identify some of the differences as well. So until next time, this is, I've been your host Scott, and I hope you've enjoyed our time together. And if you would like a transcript of this or any other podcasts that I've done, or take another listen to some that are in the archives, come visit our uh, website at www.kinggeorgelodge.com and uh, 
pull something up there. If you have any other suggestions or comments, please feel free to email me at podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. Until the final episode, be sure to keep the shiny side up.